Welcome to Anything Goes, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney. Now, most of my podcast reviews are, as I said, are reviews of already things that are part of geek and pop culture. It's rare that I've had a chance to talk to somebody who's actually a creator of something that would be considered geek and pop culture. And as you can tell by the title of it, that we're talking to an artist and creator here of an upcoming graphic novel. And so... And we'll be talking about what it could mean to certain readers and everything like that. But before I ramble any on any more, who is my guest today? Hi, I'm Juliana DiCera. I am the uh, writer and illustrator of Elysian Mythos, graphic novel about Greek mythology. How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Let's jump into this interview right here. But like, first, got to have our theme song right there. So I'm going to pause for a few moments so I know where to put the theme song in. And now we can be kin. But before we get into the uh, your graphic novel that you're working on right now, we need to know a little bit more about you. So let me put on my glasses here. No, I'm so I sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, when and where were you born? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. I got to talk like an old smoker all of a sudden. Talk like Philbert from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, jeez. You turn the page. You wash your hands. You, you, you turn the page. You wash your hands. Oh, and me, Rocco, and Heifer alone. <laughs> um, this is big head there. <laughs> yeah, that was actually pretty accurate. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I have a handful of a person that can do incredibly well that, and like Roger Rabbit, I can do pretty decent. Like, no, we're going to be talking about graphic novels. Like, <laughs> Don't do this! I, I'm talking about tunes. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Before I interrupted you, answering the question. Uh, what was it? Where Where was I born? When Where were you born? Uh, I was when I I well so I'm 22, so I was born in 1994. I'm oh, a spring okay. chicken. <laughs> no, it put, <laughs> don't worry. It puts everything in context. Don't worry. Well, sure. Um, in Smithtown, Long Island. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's the immaculate conception. Of... <laughs> oh God! No, I was an, I was a mistake. Oh. Yeah, my parents were expecting me, but it was a happy mistake. So was I. See, this There's... is why we're here together. Yes, because <laughs> we're happy uh, mistakes. Happy mistakes. That'll be the name of the, the episode itself. <laughs> happy mistake. A happy mistake. Da, 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 da. <laughs> the end. Uh, do you remember your first exposure to art? Um. I mean, I grew up, I was the only girl in my family. Like, all the other girls in my family were, like, out in Queens. So, like, we didn't see them much. So, like, anything that my brothers and his friends were into, yeah. I, like, latched on. Like, let's follow my big brother, Sal. Mm -hmm. um, so, he was, like, really into video games. And I don't remember him being into comics. But, like, he was just, he kind of drew. My mom kind of, like, was a creative person. Mm -hmm. And I would just, like, you know, I got into cartoons. I continued with video games from him. And then, like, I would just, like doodle like and draw like powerpuff girls and stuff like that 
Um, when did you realize you could draw beside, like, was it like through that doodling that you realized, hey, I have a slight knack for it? Or is it something that you just like, you do it like every kid does and then eventually came into your own? I mean, I guess it's kind of like what every kid did. Okay. But I would like go further. Like I wouldn't just like draw, like Powerpuff Girls comes back, Pokemon comes back. I played the game. It was my first ever game. Mm. I loved it. I still play it. Uh, which version? I well, I, I would sneak away and steal my brother's Pokemon Red, and I would play through it, but I wouldn't save because I didn't want him to know I was playing it. Uh. So I would redo everything over. But then my parents were like, "All right, you could stop stealing your brother's. He was Pokemon Yellow." But I was like, you know, this came out in what, like nineteen ninety six. I was not that. You know, by the time I was playing it, I was like not really comprehensive. Mm-hmm. So the first one I consider is Silver. Oh, yeah, because I was like competent and I was like, I know how to play the game. Whereas like in the other games, I was like, oh, where the hell am I? But mashing at that point. And then I wouldn't save. So it's like I would just start back from square one and still be lost. And there would be no reward. But basically, I would take those like subject matters and I would draw them. And then like Powerpuff Girls, going back to that again, like I would draw a little blossom and then I would duplicate it. And then I would stuff it with tissue paper and make my own little blossom doll. So like. My drawings, like, I kept creating other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, my friend and I would have a sleepover, and we would do, like, art contests, and be like, oh, let's see who can draw this and color this better. And then it just kind of, like, so, like, it was the childhood stuff, but then it evolved, mm-hmm. like, without me knowing it. Gotcha. I don't know if that really answers the question. No, 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 it, it totally does. And it's funny that you mentioned Powerpuff Girls, because a, a number, numerous occasions, while well, up at Oswego, in the dining hall, my friend Larry and I, who who is the one who texted me before about guitar solos, five, yeah. uh, we would we would recite the intro to Powerpuff Girls, and I would do it in the voice like sugar, spice, and, and everything, everything nice. nice. <laughs> These are the ingredients to create the perfect little girls. But Professor Utonium accidentally adds something in, new into the. In, uh, I fucked that ah, up. No, but no, but, but the best part is is like thus the Powerpuff Girls were born. <laughs> And then we would have to hum the theme, like, dun, 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 That could be a meme in itself, like, something ridiculous happens, and thus the Powerpuff Powerpuff Girls Girls were born! born. I kind of want to introduce that to my daily life now. Um, My roots. Did you ever see the Powerpuff Girls and Super Friends uh, edit? Somebody took, like, old animation, like, the Justice League Super Friends in the 70s, and uh, animated the Powerpuff Girls into it. It's Aquaman and Wonder Woman are in the Legion of Doom's lair and they're tied up. And he's like, Aquaman's like, <laughs> and he's like, my ability to talk to fish has no help here. At Wonder Woman, she rolls her eyes and the Powerpuff Girls come crashing through. Right? And Lex Luthor's like, what? The Powerpuff Girls? It's Powerpuff, no D. How informative. But there is a D in destroy, as in destroy them. The whole Legion of Doom's still sitting there. Destroy them! They all charge them. They all get their asses kicked. And they set fire to the scarecrow. And he's like screaming, oh he's screaming on fire like, ah! That's morbid. Yeah. That's great. You have to send that to me. Yes. And the final joke of one movement, I'm not going to spoil here. And everybody wants to check it out. Powerpuff Girls, Super Friends. You'll enjoy it. But since we were talking about Super Friends and, and you mentioned comics briefly, what, do you remember your first introduction to comic books in general? Um, ironically, it was in high school, my senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend who we kind of met like in freshman year mm-hmm. and then we had no classes together until senior year, maybe junior year. Yeah. Um, and she was into comic books and when I would hang out with her, she'd be like, Oh, Hey, look at this. And I was like, wow, like the art in this is really awesome. Like I used to think of, I know a lot of people prefer like silver age and golden age comics and mm-hmm. stuff like that where it's, you know, very, 
It's the four colors. And yeah, everything like it's that. you know, and it's CMYK printing, and you see you see the um, the bende dots and stuff, and I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, this is really not the art style that I like to right. draw in. But and then you like Jack Kirby's rolling in his grave right now. Just that I, statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was never a comic person until she introduced me, and I was like. It, you know, there was the digital age of comics, so mm. it was, like, way, like, b- beyond this. And I was just like, this is awesome. Mm. And I like Batman. I, you know, I used to watch Justice League, and I used to watch um, Batman Beyond on CW11. Yes. I don't think it was called that at the it was, time. I think it was still Fox Kids at that point. I don't know. Or Saying it, it as CW11, just actually, maybe it was. Because I remember, like, because like, they played Batman Beyond and stuff like that. And they also played like older movies, like during the over the weekend and stuff like that. I don't, know, I don't want to say older, like like stuff like Turner Classic movies, like things were like twenty and twenty five years old, uh, years old and stuff mm. like that. And I remember that because I'd always like roll into like seeing Back to Future Part Three or something like that after watching Saturday morning cartoons. Anyway, it's funny like how CW has been affiliated with Warner Brothers and DC for yeah. so long, and now they're like in a slight renaissance with how many superhero shows on CW. We got Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl coming to it, and then and now Archie. I know it's not DC, but Archie's it's some, they actually have an Archie show called Riverdale coming out, and it's kind of like Archie comes meets Twin Peaks, and I'm like, okay, uh, I've never really read Archie, but that sounds yeah, interesting. Um, so. Like you're saying with the now, did you have a certain preference for artists of like the digital age of comics when you were starting to get into them? Like, were there people like like oh, this person penciled and inked this? I would follow their work from book to book. I actually, I mean, in middle school, so before I had met my friend who introduced me to comics, mm-hmm. I was a super uh, Japanese like freak. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched anime. You know, I grew up with Sailor Moon and. And Pokemon and, and yeah and Dragon Ball Z. So like the idea of Japanese animation wasn't like unknown to me, but I never realized that it was all Japanese created. Right. So when I was older and I was introduced, I would read the manga, mm-hmm. and that's where there was a couple of artists who I loved their their style, mm-hmm. and I actually bought their art books and I followed their books based on them. Right. I don't think I've actually experienced that. In, in comics, except for maybe, and I'm totally blanking on his name, and you're totally going to help me out, the artist of Hellboy. I'm totally defeating the purpose. Oh. But I, I've only seen him in Hellboy. I have Hellboy the first 20 years, too. Mm. Um, I follow his. I, you know, but he's pretty, you know, like, I don't think he does anything other than Hellboy. He's done um, Abe Sapien, obviously. But, right. Um, obviously... I love being a Batman fan, like the I'm, which you knew about. The uh, there's Mike Min- Mignola, Min- yeah, Mignola. Mike Mignola, um, which I'm probably saying <sighs> like, wrong. I don't know. Like, I don't some, like. What's the gonna... point of mentioning? Like, hey, I like this artist's artwork, but I can't remember their name. Yeah, somebody's gonna snipe us because we're not. Uh, yeah, I'm that. not quick on the draw. Uh, that's yeah, okay. It's yeah, I mean... like I, I took years of art history. I can be like, oh, that's. I'll get back to you on it. Yeah. Um, and then you saw the ending of this and didn't forewarn me uh greg capullo and scott snyder their combination is yes. just like godly to me and now like it's like it's i remember, done. I, remember I, I tweeted capullo once because i almost consider like there's there's a handful 
I know it's kind of presumptuous to say this, but like there's a handful of art, like writers and artists pairings that I think they're perfect together. You got Stanley and Jack Kirby, you got Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. And I said, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, I think are in that echelon. And I asked them like, which one do you, who's writing and art do you prefer? Uh, Kirby and Lee and Adams and O'Neill is like, good is good. I enjoy both of them. I'm just like, you totally dodge. Dodge that question. Yeah, he's like, they're kind of like hovering over my shoulder. Yeah, but but I also tweeted him like, hey, I'm in Schenectady, your hometown. It's something like that. He didn't respond to me because he probably thinks it was just some weird Batman freak. Like, he's like, (laughs) oh God. Like, going the door, like, excuse me, Mr. Capullo, live here. I'm like, your biggest like fan. if he if he's at New York Comic Con this year, like I I want to get something signed by him and I want to have a picture with him and I and I want to do it in a very specific way because there's a moment in Predator when Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger come to and they like almost like grab each other like they're about to do, like do an arm wrestle and they flex. Uh, I'm like I, I just want to do just just lift weights until it's New York Comic Con. Just one arm, just like yeah, just lift one arm. Like I mean, my right my right bicep is bigger than my left bicep anyway because I'm right dominant hmm. and I'm just like so I. Oh, whoa, whoa. son. Hold that on. Is... It's your camera arm, isn't it? Yes. Microphone. Yeah, but the look on your face. They, they, they got this an audio only podcast. But otherwise, people would be like, what is, what is she referring to? That... I don't know, guys. I'm just... God. Right dominant. I was just flowing with the. Yeah, anyway, that, that's why the jack thing up is... your arm and. and they're like, I could do that. Fo- take a photo with him like that. And then he does very specific photos with people on Twitter that he shares. So I'm like, I think he'd be cool for it. So I'm hoping he does New York Comic Con. Anyway. I don't think he wouldn't. Hasn't he gone the past two years? Yeah. I'm just saying since he's in the middle of an arc right now. And I don't think he, like, unless he's uh, doing a signing or something like that, which is quite possible. I mean, he doesn't, he lives only like a, three hours away from the city to begin yeah. with. So, um, and it's funny because Capullo is one of the only few artists I'll go, I'll follow, I'll follow writers over different artists. Like, Snyder, when he was written, like, when he was writing Batman, like, Black Mirror, when it was still Dick Grayson as Batman, stuff like that, like, I'll, I'll read his stuff, or Grant Morrison, I don't care who's doing the art, like, Grant yeah, and I'm just, I'll, like, if he's, like, doing, like, he, if he did, like, the drawings, say stick figures, I'll read his comic <laughs> yeah. books, and it's funny, because apparently I found out that he does his own art. Who, and, Grant like, Morrison? Morrison draws out the comics first, like, he, he really? writes it, he draws, concepts it, and doesn't show it to anybody, and then hands the script off to everybody, and then it's done twice, pretty much. Wow. So he has, he has racks of things of his own drawings. That's interesting, because usually writers, like, aren't visual people. You Most, know, to, like, to, like, when I ideate stuff, like, I can't, like, I'll write stuff out, but it'll be, like, quick jots. Mm. The way for me to really understand something is, like, to draw it out so like yeah. for him he, it's almost sounds like he needs to do the visual too yeah or he, he sees the benefit in doing the visual and then changing his writing to it and like that's kind of cool and i remember he, he was talking about that on a podcast with kevin smith and like todd mcfarland approached morrison like why, like why don't you just like we do a publishing deal and you just publish your art and stuff like that people will eat that up he's like yeah. and like grand being like no it's not the, I, mean, I can't do his scottish accent because it's just adorable to begin with so and he's like no i think that'd just be inappropriate Anyway, back to you. Ah, <laughs> like, you're not you're not dodging this. Like we we can talk about comics like culture to be like for a long time. But when did you start to initially pursue drawing and illustration past that? Just being like you saying like having drawing competitions amongst your friends. Like when did you first start to really concentrate? Like I want this is a skill set that I can work on. Um, probably eighth grade. Okay. Um, my middle school had a literary what was it called literary 
journal kind of thing where you could, you know, kids could like write poems and short stories, but they also had like visuals to go with it. Mm. And again, I was like super into the Japanese animation and stuff. So I would try to mimic it and, you know, like all the great, you know, I, obviously I'm not comparing the Renaissance painters who would mimic their masters no, yeah. and me mimicking Japanese animation, but it's the same concept where I was mimicking stuff and I was like, you know, I'm actually kind of getting better. What if I start to mimic other stuff? And then in high school, you know, I I started taking, you know, big girl, air quotes, big girl <laughs> art classes. Um, Welcome to the big girl art classes, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like I was tested further and I did still lives and, you know, I, I stepped away from the Japanese animation, which... A lot, which like is a tip for like other artists. Like, I started there. You know, I started with a mimicking of Japanese-based things. You know, they're just really good at what they do. But it's important to like make that your foundation. And then I I stepped away from it. Okay. I started looking into real life, and I started saying I could mimic this. Let's see if I can mimic that. Right. So I would say like by junior year, I was like, I want to be an artist, but. I'm not going to get paid crap. And my parents wanted me to be a public school art teacher. And as much as I loved being in school, I couldn't stand the kids that were in arts art class because they took it for, you know, they had to. And mm. they would run around and not do anything or care. So I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Right. So, um, yeah, probably like junior year, I was like, I know I want to do this. I just don't know what. Gotcha. And then I was pointed to graphic design and blah, 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 blah. Um, when you were saying when you were doing mimicking, like, were you doing, like, were you actually, like, tracing art and stuff like that? Or no. were you just doing, like, by eye and just, like, trying to recreate it by yourself like that? Not necessarily. I, I mean, you would have, I would do, like, you know, quote-unquote fan art, um, of characters that existed, but I have always been, like, a, um... I don't know if this is the right way to say it, a narrative person. Right. I love the story. I, I was reading, like, crazy level books at a young age, mm-hmm. video games, movies, TV shows. Like, I liked point A and how we got to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would create my own characters in my head. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I would mimic how anime and how manga was drawn. Not, like... I'm going to take Sailor Moon and I'm going to put some paper over her and trace her. Mm -hmm. I used to do that with Pokemon. I had like this big, one of my favorite generations was the third one, Ruby Sapphire. And I had this huge ass poster of all the Pokemon. And I was like, this is awesome. I have the official artwork. So I would slap that sucker up to my TV and I would put a piece of paper and trace over those. But Mm -hmm. I never like drew anything monster related Mm -hmm. or, you know, of the sort. So mimicking as in like, you know, the techniques, like, you know, okay, anime has pretty, you know, harsh lines and they have the sparkly eyes kind of thing. And yeah. that's what I mean by mimic mimicry. Like, the great painters, like, wouldn't take the Mona Lisa and put paper over it. They no. would look and see the methods that he used. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he, you know, is using a three-quarter profile and he's using the golden ratio. And then they would construct their own stuff based on that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would recreate the actual thing, but that's, you know, that's, like, in my case, what fan art was. Right. Um, would you ever use, like, like other than you saying using putting up the Pokemon for the TV, did you ever use a light table or anything like that? No, I didn't have. Okay. I didn't have a light table until, oh, did I have one in high school? Uh, we might have had one in high school. I don't think I ever used it um, in college. Mm. We had one upstairs in um, Hale Hall, and we would use that to trace, like, letters. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, graphic elements. 
But I mean, I actually did it for Elysium Mythos. Um, I wanted to do stuff by hand, and I I had bought this paper that was um, I forget the name of it, but it's almost like um like a marker tracing paper, but it mm-hmm. actually holds the medium, right. and it's translucent. It's opaque. Okay. Um, and I would sketch stuff out, and I would overlay that. You know, I would sketch it out in non-photo blue. Right. Go over it with, you know, that paper, pencil it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that looks pretty good. Because I was like anal. I Like, I wanted these illustrations to be perfect. Mm. So I would do that and, like, then I took it upstairs. That's where, like, the only time, my senior year was the only time I used the tracing, the light box for illustrations. Gotcha. And it drove me nuts. <laughs> but otherwise, I used my TV. Like, right. I had a big, you know, clunky... Tube TV. Yeah, and I would just tape stuff onto it. I would go to a uh, input that wasn't there, so it would be nothing but a blue screen. Mm-hmm. And it, it served as a light box for me. Now, would the curvature of the TV ever mess you up? Um, I mean, I'm tiny. No, and okay. I've always been tiny. So, like, yes and no. I don't no. want to belittle like, you or anything like that. What? I don't want to belittle you or anything like that. Ha! Huh. But I'm pumped. I'll, cu- I'll yeah. cut these jokes short. I'm sorry. I'll end you. <laughs> if I could reach you, I would end you. Oh, I'll uh, go for the knee. Achilles heel. <laughs> Greek mythology. Anyway. Um, yeah, the curve. That was always forced. That was always forced as my puns right there, right? But just saying. Go on. I don't think I want to. Uh, I think this is going to wrap up short. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, go on. Yeah, I guess the curvature. Like, at the time, was I searching for perfection? Like, we're talking like I was 12. Gotcha. Um... So, no, not, like, if I went and did it now, obviously, like, TVs aren't curved anymore. Yeah. Unless you get, like, one of those fancy, like, 3D ones. But that's, like, a, that's, like, a, a I don't even know. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, like, it didn't really mess me up because I wasn't really looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was like, oh, look, I have a Pokemon drawing for myself. And what am I going to do with it? And I have no idea. But only until now when I'm like, yeah, I want this for something. Mm-hmm. Like, this has a goal. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just like I really want to doodle and I don't care how it looks. Right. Um, were there specific comic book characters that you would, when you would, uh, during like, I guess your fan art days before moving on? Um, hmm. Did I ever draw comic book? I, honestly, no. Like, like I said, comic books, surprisingly, out of all the things of my nerd upbringing was never a part of my childhood until 11th grade it's, when i was like what six, se- 16 17 yeah I, I mean do not feel bad because i think that's when i got into comics too and like i didn't get com- i didn't get into comics until like i had my own car and i could drive right and then oh fourth world like that's, and that's exactly the funny that... thing i used to go to fourth world as a kid but for pokemon cards right and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and it's like I just skirted around it like they've been smack in my face. And it's yeah. like, I watched Justice League. I watched Batman mm. uh, the, and the animated. I watched Teen Titans before it became Teen Titans Go. Um, <sighs> you know, I, I watched all these things that were from comics. Yeah. And I, you know, my bro- raising my little brother, like, he watched the Spider-Man movies and the Hulk movies. The, you know, Batman with George Clooney movies. <sighs> I'll admit, when it comes to the four Batman movies before the reboot, before Christopher Nolan and stuff like that, like Batman 89, 
still holds up pretty well. There are problems with it. Batman Returns, I didn't, I don't like as much as anymore. I enjoy Batman Forever without Kilmer, with all the fucking neon and like nipples on the suit. I, I actually enjoy it because I think it knows what it's going to be and is actually more seriousness than you actually have. Grant, I am, I, you have to take into account Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face and Jim Carrey as Riddler. I know I, that seriousness and having that in the same breath. It seems counterintuitive, but like they actually do a Batman origin in there. Val Kilmer actually treats it somewhat seriously. And then I have my own theory how Batman and Robin turned out, but that's for another day. <laughs> and Don't get me started about Robin, dude. Uh, anyway. My baby. Let's move on. When did you first become aware of mythology as a whole? Um, hmm. Well, that would have had to have been my senior year of high school. I was taking the AP art classes, so I took an art history um, and obviously we started with, um, oh, the woman of Willendorf, mm. which is like just this fat blob of clay that, you know, is a fraternity symbol. You do all that other like prehistoric crap. And then like you do the prehistoric crap and it's like cave paintings and the woman of Willendorf and then boom, it's like classical sculpture. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> this stuff is gorgeous. Like they really knew what the hell they were doing. Like mm-hmm. they were perfectionists and, something inside me is a perfectionist and I'm always striving to be like, yeah, that's not really an accurate face. Like, let's do it better. Mm. Obviously I'm not doing it in a freaking marble no. or, or, you know, egg yolk on a, on a wall, but, um, which is tempera paint. It's made of egg yolk. Um, it runs. Uh, I, oh, I didn't even mean it like that. <laughs> Help me, please. Oh, I pat myself on the back for that one. That's a that's a knee, knee slapper slapper. right there. Go on. Um. So yeah, it's just like wow, this stuff is really great. And then obviously the Romans, you know, they they it's the Greco Greco Roman classical sculpture. Um. And I just I was like enraptured with it, and I was like, well, who are these people? Like, what do you mean Aphrodite? And it was just like. There was these sculptures that were absolutely, like, gestalt. It was the epitome of beauty for me. Like, that is the highest art style for me. Some people are like, well, you know, that's only the beginning. And Mm. for me, it's like, it doesn't get better than that. Um, Despite the fact the Renaissance happening. Well, the the Renaissance is, they went back to classical. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's not, it's a rebirth, but, you know, they're really doing... You know, they stepped away from classicism mm. um, and then the Renaissance, like they kind of bring it back. And that's where the Romans are, re, you know, they're mimicking or they're you know, copying the masters of mm. Michelangelo. And, you know, he makes those sculptures based on the works of Greece. Right. Um, so that's where I was introduced to mythology because like, well, what is all this stuff? Mm. And then at the same time, in an, I'm in an honors um, English class and we're reading stuff like Oedipus and we didn't get to read the Iliad. Um, I've read Antigone and it's Did you just... read the Odyssey though? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oedipus, the Odyssey, Antigone. Um, they actually have a really beautiful like collected edition of the Odyssey and the Iliad with like the, I'm a sucker for shiny stuff. Um, um, really like mm, metallic shiny kind of collected cover in Barnes and Nobles and I drool over it every time and I'm like ah it's ruined um, <laughs> but yeah so I read those and I'm like you know this is crazy like there's these like crazy worlds and these crazy characters and all these super like in-depth things that are so complex in the writing that like everyone misses it and then I attach it to the you know 
artwork and I'm like, holy cow, like this is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like sparked my interest in the mythology. And it's like, as long as you spoke to you in a certain way, I mean, there's probably some people who were taking that AP class that just like took it on face value. Like, all right, I have to do this so I can graduate and stuff like that. Like, well, no, um, because the AP class, you chose it. Okay. The AP in, in high school, I you chose AP. I was not AP. smart for an AP class, so. It's, it's an art class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you were good in history and you were good in art class, like you can, any, anyone who, there were kids who weren't art majors at all. You know, high school, you can't really be a major in anything. Right. Um, who would take the class. Um I actually didn't take any of the AP tests. I just wanted to build a portfolio and, you know, my teacher was like, oh, take AP art history. It'll save you from taking it in college. But the college I was going to was like, yeah, we won't accept that. And then your studio, like, we have to look at it. Like, you can get a five on the studio, but if we don't like it, like, you're going to take our drawings still. So it was like, all right, I'll take it because I need portfolio and this is what I'm going for. So it can't hurt. Right. But, you know, for the most part, people have found... The history interesting. Mm. I wasn't there for the history. You like, were there for the art. I, I was there for the art. Okay. You know, I actually discovered one of my favorite illustration styles, which is Art Nouveau, mm. which in my opinion, you know, it it references the Japanese um, block painting. Okay. Um, you know, with, you know, flatness and kind of stuff like that and ukulele, the floating world and stuff. I, I see it as they take their figures – and illustrate them like the classical sculptures. Mm. So it's like taking the artwork that I loved but didn't do that medium. Like I'm a sculptor, but I, I can't sculpt a marble. Right. So they took all that beauty and then they put it to a pencil on paper. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I can do that. Right. That's my, that's you knew my your jam. Skills, you knew your skill set and you played to it. Yeah. So like people would be there and you know and there are other artists there I'd be like oh yeah you know I really like this style let me write it down because we we live off of reference yeah if there's something like you know I really want to paint something today and I don't know what the hell I'm doing I have like a folder on my desktop on my laptop that's dat d-a-t inspiration and mm. it's just everything I could ever think some stuff from art history some stuff from the interwebs mm. um Instagram, stuff like that, screenshots, even like own little doodles of mine that I'm like, or friends that I'm like, do you mind if I just take a quick picture of this? Just so no. I don't forget. But, you know, we were all there for a different reason. Some people were, you know, you couldn't really take AP class for the credit. Yeah. Um, you give it the experience. In college, everyone was there for the credit because they forced us to sit there. But for me, it's like, all right, well, here, hey, kids, it's Big Ben again. Like, let's just, you know. Mm. art history again and yeah. you know now that i'm like a more mature artist hey you know these are some new references that i like and i found someone other than um my you know art nouveau is my favorite style so my favorite artist is alphonse muka mm. um i found other people who did art nouveau in similar ways you know mimicking him and right. stuff like that it's funny that you like <laughs> it's funny like you say you had one artist and then it branched off into other artists and it introduced you to other things. And I remember, because I was big into Quentin Tarantino, I still enjoy his work and stuff like that, but I'm not as hardcore about his stuff as I used to be, like about maybe five to eight years ago. And one of the supplements on the res- the Reservoir Dogs DVD, he's talking about like when he wrote the screenplay for Reservoir Dogs, he had like a title page of like, this is a tribute to these kinds of filmmakers. And he goes down each film- filmmaker like, is he still a fan of that person today, and or has he grown past it? And like 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 Jean Luc Godard, John Wu, Jean Pierre Melville, Walter Hill, and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right. So I wrote down those people and checked out their own movies, mm-hmm. and so I became a more 
well-rounded well-rounded filmmaker or at least a film watcher because of the stuff like that so i always thank him for that and it's like, like you were saying this is just trying to correlate it with like how you're saying you had your one artist and then you found other artists vicariously through them um now you were saying like before that you're always a story person how like a person gives them a to b and the conflict that goes on with it with mythology with the mythology being taking place in class how did that change your how you looked at story like how a mytholo- mytholo- mythological story was kind of usually constructed, like yeah, the, the hero's story, the hero's and... story, like the call to adventure, the me and the mentor, the crossing of the threshold, etc. Et I um, like like I said, I was reading like high level books at a young age, so I was a bookworm and I loved reading. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, like it wasn't. I didn't. I don't care. Not to say I don't care, but like Oedipus's story mm-hmm. and Odysseus, and you know. Hercules even like well no I kind of like Hercules' story because it involves other gods and goddesses mm. like the actual writings I don't care about them the mm. ones that I read like they're just the door gotcha that you know I stepped into and I'm like hey Oedipus how are you let's look over here what is this oracle what it, you know who are you like mm. the the other stuff that was like around them that was never explained it was just intriguing to me mm. I was like what's going on here? Like, you're talking about this guy. Yeah, you know, he's destined to do his mom, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It happens. Giggity. But, come on, dude, it's Oedipus. Yeah, but it's Uh, like... Okay. uh, Yeah, like, like, I'm drawing a moral line there. Like, that's ironic for me. It's classical literature, dude. Yeah. There's a lesson to be learned there. Don't do your mom. Well, of course, but then you have classical literature about, like, uh... In Macbeth, like, don't uh, murder your father and stuff like that. I recommend that as well. Yeah. But, but you know, don't. He, yeah, he he has comeuppance, for sure. <laughs> Head um, on a pike and everything like that. Anyway. Oh, God. This, what podcast is this It is saying, like, vegan pop culture, like, literature is part of pop culture. Yeah, like, so, so, go on. You were saying. Um, Yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, it's all the stuff in class, like, you know, there would be the sculpture of Aphrodite, and I'm like, okay, well, who's she? Why is she, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her, well, what is it, the Aphrodite pose, the, you know, her covering herself up, like, ooh, I'm so naive, and right. you know, I've just been born out of the sea foam, and it's like, but I'm actually the goddess of love, and, like, all this stuff. And so it's like, well, where, how do you know that? How do you know she's the goddess of love? Right. What do you mean? She She's on a seashell. She was born in the sea. Like, what is that? Like, how do you know this? Mm. So, like, those those things, like the artwork, I'd be like, okay, Aphrodite, goddess of love. And then it would be things like Antigone, um, which, God, I, I hardly even remember. But I think somewhere in Antigone they mention um, Icarus. Okay. And I'm like, Icarus? That guy sounds cool. How do I, you know? Um, Icarus, you know, he... Fashion him and his father fashioned the wings out of wax, and I was punished for attempting to fly too close to the sun, sun and the gods and stuff like that. Right. Um. So I'm like, that stuff's cool. Mm. All the stuff that in literature and in artwork was never developed. Like they were just like, yep, that's that's Aphrodite. Yep, this is Zeus, and this is you know Dionysus, and he's you know. And I'd be like, okay, well, how do you know who these people are? Like, I get it. Like, oh, it's the wine that's in the grapes. That's how you know it's Dionysus. I'm like. That's that's great. I want to know more. Right. So it's like all the stuff in class was just like a stepping stone. Gotcha. And then I unfortunately had to try and find it on my own. Mm-hmm. 
or like I would ask and you know it would be in the textbook and stuff but like who reads textbooks really hmm. yeah I, I've learned more from books that I seeked out myself rather yeah. than required reading which is what I liked about college like they didn't require textbooks sometimes and or I boycotted them After, kids if you go into art boycott your textbooks save yourself the money yeah. sponsor yeah um <laughs> I, you know, they'd be like, yeah, you don't have to get this, but I recommend this one. Mm. And more often than not, I would actually check out the recommendations. Like, oh, God, this is a really good book. Like, most kids are like, I hate reading. It's like, do yourself a favor. Like, some of that stuff is, like, it's going to help you. Mm. Not even, like, in lessons, it's just like, oh, yeah, now I know, you know, for me, it's like, oh, the proper proportion for the human body. Gotcha. Kind of stuff like that. Um because like because I knew like I had so many ideas in my head and I knew like I wanted to translate them well that's why I stu- I studied writing for like that's why like I learned about the hero's journey I, I learned about different writing books and that's why I loved about my school because I took total uh, um, use of the interlibrary system so I'd like look up a book like highly recommended like writing for like like whether it be the writer's journey or something like that so I just like put that into interlibrary system request and then five days later like oh but you're at the library it's at our library so i get to read that for free and stuff like that right and i would just and like they say christopher volger's the writer's journey perfect book to get into writing and just learn structure and everything that's my recommendation there i think you recommended that to me for illusion mythos didn't you yes did yeah because i even through like writing for my short films like like even volger kind of like he um he amended it to like do like a short form version of the writer's journey, like the hero's journey in a short form. So like, are those few beats rather than the thirteen beats he maps out for a complete story, like a feature film? So I'm like, all right. So I took those in mind when I was writing, say, Dead Love, which like right next to what I'm doing. Which big news about that? I'll tell you off the, at the end of the podcast or off the podcast anyway. But that's not we're not talking. We're not here to talk about me. We talk about you and your product. <laughs> now, you mentioned a few times previously, but what is Elysian Mythos? So I can give you like my senior projects spiel, I kind of like well, I pitch. Could probably quote that's it. what it like came from. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, you could. Yeah, you could because you know you because were my assistant, my buddy. Yeah, which, uh, you're not my assistant. You were my my. Sure. Like that was like because that's why like when people were talking and stuff like that, and you were the only one talking. Nobody else was there. I'm just kind of like. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna I'm get out. Of, gonna I'm gonna get out of the way. I'm not gonna. Think I'm of not, Peter Griffin. Hey. Yeah, and it's like when you move over, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna move out of the yeah. way, so we're not bumping <laughs> into each other. Like, um, but what is it for the people who are like made the it this far? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a graphic novel, which um, for those who may not know, which I'm just assuming everyone here listening is, but I'll say it anyway. A graphic novel is a collected comic book. So instead mm-hmm. of doing monthly or, you know, bi-monthly issues, it's a, it's the story all in one hardbound book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, it's based on Greek mythology. Um, accurate, I'll air quote that, because obviously Greek mythology isn't a real thing. It's a myth. Mm-hmm. And it's basically everyone's interpretation on that myth. Um, but it's based on accurate greek mythology to someone's interpretations Mm -hmm. robert graves um the greek myths there's controversy around the book which is why i'll be like oh yeah accurate air quote right um that's just the one that i vibed with that really like helped me find out the whys that nothing else told me Mm. so i took that um and then i kind of loosely based it around the um apple of discord Mm -hmm. and uh i created like this world the goddesses um it's i mean for my senior project it was i had to solve a problem 
Right. Um, which you helped me with my interviews. I had to interview the audience. My next question, how did this come about? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. So, like, the floor is yours with that. Sweet. So, senior project, yay! (laughs) Um, For my senior year of college, I had to um, create something. I had to create a service or a product or... I had to solve a problem Mm. for... um, like the community or, or, you know, buyers, consumers, something like that. Right. Um, and most, you know, it's, it's a design oriented project. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't really get to flourish my illustration skills as much as I wanted to. So I was set on doing a graphic novel mm-hmm. and I actually had, um, which you can actually find on my Instagram. What um, is your Instagram? Just in case. Do I do the at symbol? So it's at J D I C H. Um, no, um, in the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> how many um, M's was that? Um, I'm not too sure. Let's try a few. It's actually with... two U's and one M. Ah, mm. ooh. <laughs> um, no. Brian, there's there's a message in my my Siri. It says ooh, <laughs> Peter. Those are Cheerios. <laughs> exactly. There's no ooze in there either. No. <laughs> um, I had the idea for what's now Elysian Mythos. I wanted to do um the untold stories of. Um, the gods and goddesses, mm-hmm. the stuff that I didn't have anything for. So you can look back on my Instagram, like, God, maybe freshman or sophomore year. So we're talking three years. Okay. Um, it was called Project Erebus. Um, and it was based on the how Erebus, um, the, god, the god of darkness, he's also the um, personification of one of the layers of the underworlds, how he meets this insanely beautiful and all powerful goddess Nyx. Mm. I'm like, you know, one day in the mythology it just says, yeah, they just like they're lovers and they make children. And I'm like, yeah, that, it's- that satisfies my, you know, craving to know. So I had this storyboarded out and everything to, you know, his travel from the bottom of the underworld to the surface. And he's introduced to the moon and he's like, Oh my God, you're beautiful. And like, that's how they meet and stuff. It's, you know, whatever. So that I wanted that to be my graphic novel, but it didn't solve a problem. It was really just the sake of me making a graphic novel. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we got to go back. Um, so I did research and I was like, all right, graphic novels, comics. Um, and then we, you know, as we were moving forward, you know, we had to address our audience. And through my research, I found that, um, people like me, females are actually like, we used to be a myth, it, you know, pun intended, like a myth itself in the comic reading world. Like it was, I read this article, um, which I used for my sources and stuff. Comics were still being made by men for men. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. No. We're, um, I, and the only way they know this is by Comic-Con attendance and Facebook, um, likes, you know, mm-hmm. 43, about 43% of comic readers are female. That's almost half. And then you look at DC and Marvel, and I love them to death for each and, you know. For their many creations yeah. and such. Um, Iron Man, Team Iron Man. Um, oh, oh, what a dick. Yeah. Oh, come on, his parents, dude. Anyway. It was, he was not in his right mind when Bucky did it. Mm-hmm. Right. He was not in his right mind. Cap knew. Cap New. Cap New. He, yes. That uh, sounds like a fraternity. Cap, Cap New. Welcome to Cap New. We, 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 <laughs> Where we, we know your parents died, but yeah, we're not yeah, going to tell you till it's important. Yeah, rush me. Oh, like, sh- it's been out for like almost a month now. The spoilers, yeah. Uh, Bucky killed uh, Iron Man's parents. 
you 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 officialized it. All I said was his parents. Yeah, it could have been a Batman thing, dude. Yeah. Everyone knows Iron Man's parents are dead. You yeah. had to mention the B word. Uh, yeah, but, uh, all right. Sidebar before, you, sidebar, sidebar before we go any further, I want I want to put a ruling on this right now. <laughs> Cap knew, and to save himself the grief, refused to tell. Him. Mm. He pulled an Alfred at the end of Dark Knight, but not telling that Rachel was going to st- stick with Harvey Dent. And like that, that situation, it backfired because he found out. He found out because it inevitably finds out, and, and <sighs> yeah, Bucky was not in the right mind. But I think Bucky was willing to like let himself be killed. I think he was willing to let himself be killed. If of course, Captain he knew him. all of his, you know. Well, I'm not. Gonna he's like he says, I, I remember every one of them. I'll so he's like, he that. obviously lives with the guilt. Anyway, back to your creation here. I totally forgot. Oh, uh, DC Marvel, and Marvel. Marvel, Marvel so DC. you've got like 43 percent of readers are girls, and then you get DC and Marvel, where I think like for the most part the numbers were pretty much the same. That they had 20, 19, or 20 percent of their characters were female. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even come close to, like, a quarter. Maybe yeah. it was 23. Still, mm-hmm. it didn't hit the quarter mark. You've got half your readers are females, and then the characters that are female are, God bless her, Starfire, who mm. I'm very happy to say that they finally changed her outfit. Yes. But she used to be in, like, pasties and a thong. Like, you know, it's a female character, and it used to be, like, oh, she's sexy. That's how we're going to sell her to guys. And it's like, that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And they recognize that. They redid Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Which, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get move along. <laughs> they, they we'll come back to that on a different it, podcast. Well, it's right part there. of the problem that my product was solving. They they were addressing this. Thor became a woman, and Black Widow is you know in um, the Avengers, and it's like they're doing these changes, and then they're not taking it seriously. They're like, yeah, we we kind of understand that you know almost half our audience is chicks, but you know we're just gonna like you know. Barely brim the surface. Like we're just we're just gonna be like, yeah, well, you know, we redid Batgirl for young girls. Like that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 trying. Um, it definitely seems like it was a one line thing on a, in a several pages of what they needed to be done. It was like one line. Oh yeah, we need more. Yeah, it's like um, it was oh, an we need we need to uh, book this place for the Avengers. And oh, do you think RDJ will do this for us? If we, you know, maybe we should put this in the script. And oh hey, um, we have to go work on our side, Captain America. And, yeah, let's uh put uh Spider Gwen. Let's make her. Yeah, and then um okay, uh let's change this, this, and this. It's like oh back to the Avengers and back to our billion dollar movies. But everyone's gonna be, you know, what what would you say? 75, 80% men? I would go 80 because you get Black 80. Widow pretty and... much. And they're still like, they're still like, Marvel's like, we were toying with the idea of giving her a movie. And I'm like, DC's, DC's going to finally beat the punch of making a Wonder Woman movie. Thank uh, God. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing too. Like Batman versus Superman, which I've boycotted to this point. Yes. Haters. Um, they threw her in there. Like, but she's also probably my, one of my favorite parts about that movie, though. That's but but that's the thing. Everyone wants her. Yeah. Give her her own. Don't start by throwing her in something else. Mm. Start with a, a Wonder Woman movie like they did with Iron Man. Mm. And then show... Uh, who was at the end of... Who was at the end credits of Iron Man? Nick Wasn't Fury. it for Bruce Banner? No, it was Nick Fury was the end of that. At the end of Hulk, Iron Man shows up and says, yes. like, you want to... Vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, give them their individual movies. And then at the end... Be like Batman and Superman, and then ooh, Justice League. Because like, they didn't want to ape the formula that Marvel was doing, cons- beat for beat. They wanted to change it up a little bit. Was it successful? 
That's up yeah. to the fan interpretation. Like, I enjoyed it. You obviously were boycotting it, so it's obviously different opinions over that. But yeah. anyway. I'm just not a Superman fan. It's fair. That's fair. You know. He's hard to write for. He, he's. I watched, I watched Man of Steel, and I was like, for the man who doesn't want to harm any human beings, that's a lot of crashing buildings. My that's my- a lot of destruction. This yeah. makes absolute sense. Yeah, but also he was, uh, he was a superhero for two days. Uh, but Christopher Reeve Superman, he had 12 years in the, in the Forces of Solitude to do hone his powers from his father. Okay, but in that two-day span, I don't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> and that, that's, why, that's why it became the genesis of the conflict between him and Batman in that. Like, that's why I love the opening of Batman v Superman because there's a moment where Bruce Wayne saves a little girl from being crushed from a piece of Wayne Tower. And he has like, where's your mother? Where's your mother? And she points up to Wayne Tower and he looks up and it's just... After like the 17th floor, it's just obliterated, and it's like, and it's on fire, and you're like, oh. And he holds her close, and he looks up in the sky, and he sees Superman punching Zod as flying through the sky. I'm like, oh, I want to kill him. Like, go ahead, Batman. I don't care if you torch from him. He deserved it at this point. Superman's a hard person to write for. Anyway, moving yeah, on. Yeah, anyway. So- I covered my opinions on Batman v Superman in a previous podcast. Go check it out. Moving on. <laughs> Plug, plug, and that's plug. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, DC and Marvel, like, they'll they'll make these, like, pseudo-attempts at, like, addressing the female market. They'll turn Thor in their comics to a female, but Thor's still a dude in their billion-dollar movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, you know, it's like, yeah, we'll say we're going to take care of it, but we're not. Mm-hmm. So that's where my problem came in. I was like, well, I think that's annoying. I love Starfire and the Teen Titans you know, show, but I won't pick up her comic because she's in Pasties and a Thong, and that's, you know, I don't associate with that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not sexy to me. I mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I want to read things that I associate with, and I don't associate with that. Um, which, on a side note, I am a huge fan of Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy with how Marvel's now addressing it. I'm going to take back a little bit of my previous hatred on how they were handling. Yes. They're giving her her own pop figure. Which you're... Three different pop figures. Are you getting all Nerding three, out. Are you getting um, all three variants? Uh, no. I'm, I love getting all the variants of her comics, but I think I'm just going to get the regular one from... I'll go get it from Fourth World in mm-hmm. Smithtown. Plug, plug, plug. Sponsor. Yeah, I, um, I wish I was sponsored by them. Um, I should interview them. I see I'm welcome here. No <laughs> way. And then I want to get the... Uh, <laughs> Let's cross out the rest of these questions. Like, all right, we're done here. Um, I'll get the hooded, unmasked one from Walgreens mm-hmm. if I camp out on time. Hot Topic has the unhooded, unmasked. I don't really care for that one. Gotcha. Um, but they're doing a really good job of, like, really promoting her. Like, she's very different. Um, she's not following, as far as I can tell, not really following the path of Peter Parker. So it's, you know, not copy and paste, but it's, you know, with boobs. Yeah. Um, whereas in certain comics, especially DC, I am a DC fan at heart, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, the same. You can still see the woods and the trees when it comes to certain problems like that. It's, it's, you know, so I feel Marvel is addressing it better. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll say Batgirl is for young women and then they're kind of covering up the whole you know killing joke killing joke and like yes okay it's not a good thing to promote but that happens to young women yes and that's what my when i did my interviews 
so many people told me that, you know, they, they are sick and tired of the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. They're tired of the perfect character, male or female. Mm-hmm. So many people put, I, I asked them, you know, your favorite comics, your favorite stories, favorite books, favorite characters. And so many people said Walter White because he's flawed. Like he's doing it for a good cause. But in the end, he's a bad guy. And yeah. so many people sympathize with him because he's the imperfect character. Um, so, so many people wanted imperfections they wanted more they 100 percent of them said yes i would like more female characters a stronger female presence a lot of people hated even men men hated the over sexualization of certain characters they Mm. just it didn't make sense you know you and and what i like to say um for gamers and i guess it could be comics too and illustrations and stuff that when you're illustrating a female warrior we have a tendency to give her a boob plate we will morph her armor around her boobs and it's Mm. just that doesn't make sense no a women warriors were shunned you know like you shouldn't be a woman and a warrior so you want to hide that Mm. and you know aesthetic whatever but functionality like that doesn't make sense you're molding it to her body so it's actually less space for if a sword impaled her in the chest yeah there's less metal for her to be protected by so it's like they would like it just didn't make sense and even male readers understood this they're like i don't get it like yes okay starfire it can fly and shoot lasers and all this cool stuff but like you know if someone throws a boulder at her like she's gonna get scraped up by not wearing anything Mm -hmm. um so they they understood this i don't want to know it was was a it was a batman animated series reference okay (laughs) go on (laughs) Anybody else who tried to take out Batman? Me! Killer Croc is, chimes in. There I was. Hold up in his quarry. When Batman came right out, he was getting closer and closer. And I threw a rock at him. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Batman's got all that armor. Yeah. It was a big rock. <laughs> yeah, well. Sorry, I, I can't let, like, when somebody's, like, throwing a rock or a boulder at somebody, I'm like, it was a big rock. <laughs> but it's, you know. But I, was... I get what you're saying. That, yeah. Like, it's not functional. It's more... You would say it, aesthetically pleasing to pleasing, some? you know, it was sexy. Let's yes. be honest. It was meant to be sexy. They wanted to show cleavage and, and, you know, thighs and, like, you know, um, who is it? Power Girl? Power Girl's in, a, I believe, a t-shirt, a cape, and, like, spandex underwear. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. That I, makes sense. I always forget. Uh, it's not It's not Supergirl. It's another woman, but, like, like... Like she has like a like the white suit and then it's just like a cutout. Yeah, for that's her. Power Girl. Yeah, it is Power Girl. Okay, I'm just like I've never. Really yeah, it's like she's that. got a cut right at her cleavage, which I you know you might as well I don't get it. No, um, that, and then she's got like man, a thong. And like that's a it's total, like a bathing suit. It's a man's drawing uh, for sure. It's comics made by men for men. Yes, and like it, like there was a mentality like you were saying. It's now it's luckily changing, maybe not. As rapidly as we want, but like it's they're still like some of them are still writing for the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Like, like I don't want to read a comic with a woman in the lead or something like that. Worst comic ever. It seems like some of that mentality is still there. Yeah, and um, also that you know that they won't, which was a question of mine in my interview. Would you be willing to read something new? A lot of comic readers aren't actually at you know you and i like we love our batman we love and i am upset about the change of batgirl because i loved what she was Mm -hmm. i don't want to see that change so that mentality is there but that doesn't mean you whip out cassandra came batgirl i'm not gonna read that because i love cassandra came batgirl she's Mm -hmm. very different yeah 
they the the industry still thinks that people don't want to read anything new. Mm. They're terrified of instead of sitting sitting down at their multi-million dollar wood table and brainstorming about how much money they're going to make about the Avengers, oh yeah, we need new female characters. Take that time and say, can we make someone new? Yeah. Is there something completely different that we can make? They they won't do it. And that's what I found that people are willing to do it. They mm. want different they're tired of the same old song and dance Mm. and that's the same where they're afraid to make really strong female leading stories in their movies and comics you know it's hard to say like they they revamped batgirl and then they put make a supergirl tv show you know like they're like yeah we're four young girls and it's like i i don't know about the supergirl tv show but you just revamped batgirl Stick to your campaign if you're... We made a Supergirl movie once. It was kind of a flop, but there's still so much for cult following. I'm sure that was the thought process right there. I I guess it's just, it's like they're not thinking it through. Yeah. They have a huge, like, wealth of money that they can make off of the females. That's why Spider-Gwen's doing so well with me. Mm. And I'm sure, I mean, they're making a damn pop figure for her. That's, to me, that's like, yeah, she's got recognition. Yes. Because um, I, I don't think there's a Supergirl pop figure, is there? I don't, I don't I, think so. I don't keep up with pop figures, so you're... Neither do I. I'm not, like, super, but, like, I go to Fourth <laughs> World, and I'm like, I don't think I see one. And she's got a TV show. Just saying. So... Damn, shots fired. No, I'm serious. Like, that's why I think Marvel's doing better. They they decide to take Spider-Gwen. They, re- you know, they made her, and they molded her, and they're making new, and then they're pushing her elsewhere. Mm. There's even, you know, I, I'm sure it's just interwebs rumors, but they they want a Gwen Stacy with, um, what's her face? The Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Oh. Uh, All my boyfriend's going to kill me because this is his fangirl crush. Emma Stone. Emma, Emma Stone. Yeah. They want her to be Gwen Stacy's Spider-Gwen as a movie. I don't know if it's real or not, but, like, if it is, like, my hat off to Marvel. Thank you. Because this is the problem that my product was solving. So, jumping back to it, I created, I decided to take the Greek mythology that I wanted to write about and and illustrate. And I said, okay, I'm going to make nothing but female leading characters. Yes, Mm. there will be male characters in there because I'm not, I'm not going to say the term, but I'm not a feminist a very strict feminist associated with German things. Fem- feminazi. I'm not a feminazi. Oh, I didn't uh, want to put that on there and, and I, I, offend I was people. Like, I was, I was I'm for feminism, but like, I'm not what? a feminist. Yeah, so no. it's like, I didn't want it to be like, yeah, no men in this comic. It's like, no, I want the females to take the lead. There's no damsel in the distress and they don't have to be perfect. There's, you know, some chunky women. There's mm. scarred women, depressed women. And I addressed all these things, these imperfect features that are associated with females. And I took these matriarchal goddesses and then I, I ran with it. Mm. Um, just, wow, that was a really long well, no, side no, no, rant no, 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 about... That, 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 that's perfectly fine. It, it, it suits me and it shows that you're passionate about this subject matter. And you... I know the answer to this question. So you did this via survey, correct? Yes. So what I did was uh, I bothered people and I asked them if, uh, you know, I would do it over messaging, um, in person. I did some over Skype. Hi. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I went down a, a duplicated list of, you know, who are you? Where did you come from? What's your occupation? Did you go to school? What did you go to school for? 
And then not everyone was a comic fan, so I separated my list. You know, my overall I had, what, 21, 22 people? God, I can't remember. That was only a couple months ago. Um, I separated all of my interviewees by who were comic fans and who weren't. And I didn't exclude the non-comic people because it doesn't mean that they, you know, they're in TV media and movies and, you know, comics are branching that way. So it's like I'm looking for the treatment of females in stories. Right. I'm doing it via comics, but, you know, the, you know, it's branched out. So I didn't exclude them. I asked them all the same. If they weren't a comic fan, I asked them what kind of books did they like or TV shows. Um and then for those who like comics, you know, I would go and say, why are those your favorite? Who are your favorite characters? What do you dislike about them? Mm. Um, so through that survey, I, I pulled everything and then I put it in a little chart and I said, okay, 100% people that I interviewed want more females. And ironically enough, I my interviewees turned out to be 43% females in um, math. 40, no. 57. 57. Yeah. It was. I was going to say 47 I'm an art student, not a mathematician. 57 were male, which For was... For God's sake, Jim, I'm an artist, not a mathematician. Oh, no, that slipped into, that slipped into uh, Fraser right there. I'm sorry, I did not mean for it to go full Fraser. For God's sake, Niles, we're doing math right here. Moving on. Yeah. I... So, the... the... <laughs> I, I pulled out a Fraser impression by playing Call of Duty once, and it cracked up my friend Dakota. Like, for God's sake, they're throwing, they're throwing grenades, Niles. <laughs> That's I uh, Call of Duty is such a terrible game. It's yeah, so good, it's so terrible. Moving on. Yeah. Um. So I found that forty three percent were females and fifty seven were males, which was actually like the studies I found online. Mm-hmm. Um. So it it was pretty accurate to what I needed, and then based on that, you know, people wanted flawed characters. They wanted more ethnicities represented. Um, so I used, I took that user feedback directly and I, I created characters. So the goddesses that I cover in Elysian Mythos, really, I just take them at their name mm. and symbols that they were associated with. For example, um, Eos, the goddess of dawn, Himera, the goddess of day, and Hespera, the goddess of, of dusk, of sunset. Um, they are all wearing masks, and on their masks are kind of symbolic symbols of the position of the sun of the day. Mm. Um, and then I associated, like, Eos being the goddess of dawn, I associated with the morning dove. So she's got feathers on her hood, and um, Himera is actually, you know, in, in Greek art, Himera and Eos are identical. So, um, but they're, they're different goddesses. So I actually made her like a fox. Like she's, you know, sneaky and you Yeah, know, differentiate not... them somehow. Well, yeah, I had to differentiate them. Um, but also, you know, I played on the fact like, well, is it Himera or Eos? Like who, who is it? So it's like a fox, you know, kind of sly and stuff. And then Hespera, I, I actually kind of based around like a demon, mm-hmm. like a goat almost, um, just because sunset and, um, she's a Hesperid, which is a, a, a protector of um the apple oh okay discord like, the yes. golden apples which is basically everything that's based on the story mm-hmm. um so like those little things otherwise like in the stories no they're they're i don't you know they're not all goddesses like they're immortal people and they you know oh we worship them it's just like they're a part of society and they're based on the goddesses um the only one who may like hint to being a goddess would be Nike, mm-hmm. the goddess of victory, because she's winged. 
Right. Um, she's winged victory. Um, and in her backstory, um, she's actually, she, the left side of her body is like mutilated, um, which, you know, she's got scars and prosthetic arm and leg um, because she is a survivor of a war, which, you know, kind of like alludes to. How does, how the world came to be. Well, currently. just the, the fact that she is, you know, it was like millennium ago, mm. the war. So it's like she's immortal. So like that's, you know, she's she's winged. So she's, oh my gosh, she's like an angel kind of thing. So that's the only thing that's like, wow, she's some higher being. That's rather overt in comparison to the other characters you mean. What do you mean? Like, like that she's, that this war's happened a millennium ago and she's winged. It's overtly goddess-like rather than... Yes and yeah, no. I mean, you know, there's uh, the goddess who I, I, in my graphic novel that I, I displayed on the exhibition, mm-hmm. wasn't in it um, because I hadn't worked her in the story at the time. Uh, the goddess Nyx, who mm-hmm. in Greek mythology, even Zeus was in awe of her power. Like mm-hmm. she's a primordial god. She's a goddess of night. Um, and in the workings that I have now, she is like this divine being. Mm. she's almost like um seen as like not i don't want to say mother earth because that's gaia right she's seen as like this all-knowing you know semi-feared female um leader in the in the world so Mm. she's also like goddess status right um and then there you know i i take not necessarily gods a zeus is in there um he he's in the first book Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't named yet. I've been actually pondering some names today. Right. Um, he's actually lower than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And in, you know, just to like, not really just drive it home, but just to prove the point that it's not about the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, um, in, in the, in the universe that I built, it's almost post-apocalyptic, but it's not, it's futuristic. Um, and he is, everything's controlled by, data and knowledge um and depending on which book you read like that changes like whether it's social class or wealth or you know just pride so he is um one of the great minds Mm -hmm. and prometheus is the other great mind and they're kind of like rivals like they're, they're coders and they release programs and stuff um he's like completely stripped of being a god like there's nothing like really divine about him right he's just like some really good guy in the society Mm. so all this stuff about the goddesses and the gods it's just me taking their story and adapting it gotcha and once you had the story in mind and you had the surveys and the data collected did you immediately start drawing what you had in your mind like what what this could look like or you know, I should say illustrating or anything like that. Did you, did you start doing that right away? Or do you want to get the story down first before you started coming up with character designs for it? Well, I had I had the three masks for Eos, Hespera, and Himera, which is totally out of order, mm-hmm. um, doodled on the like moleskin instructions on the Japanese side, mm-hmm. to be specific. Um, I had their masks set. Um, cause I planned on using them in my advertising and my, um, my marketing and stuff because that's the first book and, and stuff like that. Right. But the, it was, 
you know, even though this was something I was running with further after school, I still had to follow the school structure. So once, by the time we had all of our research and it was a sound um, project that was solving a problem, um, we had to go into like papers and pitches and how are we going to, you know, market this and where are we going with it? And then only in the second semester, so like January, where we, we dot, we dove right into marketing, like mm. In all honesty, I didn't do my illustrations until a few weeks before the exhibition. Gotcha. It was the last thing I did, which was the most stressful because it was my product. But what the professors didn't understand was that a lot of people were doing services and apps where, like, they made advertisements and that was their their material. Whereas me, I had to write and illustrate a book. Yeah. Like, I, that was my product. And I uh, they didn't really allot the time that I needed to do that. You know, it was marketing, 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 and then let's do websites, and then let's do collateral and prototypes. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, but I had ideas. Mm. I knew a lot of this stuff, like we were mentioning before about how Grant Morrison writes and then he, he makes the comic. Mm. I don't write. I'm not a writer. I'm a reader. Mm. I, I'm a watcher, and I'm, a, I'm an illustrator. You know, that sounds really weird, but like... I read stuff that other people make. I watch other things that people, you know, mm -hmm. create, and then I, I draw. Gotcha. Those are the the only ways I can do stories. Like, I, I it has to be visual. I can't write it. Mm. And if it's writing, I have to read it. Like gotcha. I, I can't. And I'm just not a writer. I tried it. I thought it was, you know, it just wasn't me. Mm. Um, and things come in my mind so quickly that I, I doodle them out. Because I, I take what's in my mind and I just put it on paper. Mm. Um, so I had an idea of what I wanted everyone to look like. Because this whole world was just like painted in my head. Like mm. I could see what Attica looks like and what it is before it's destroyed and after destroyed. And I, could, you know, I, I knew these things. Um, and I actually, for the first time ever, went back to old illustrations that I did. I had this... Um, sketchbook called the the book of angels because i love angels mm. um and i was i actually based which is good because they're the antagonist and protagonist really they're they're like rivals i used an angel that i drew in armor for nike mm. and i used um what i was planning on having um like a like a dead angel as eris um, and they're like the battling forces in Elysian Mythos. So it's ironic that they came from the same angel book that right. I was sketching. And then I adjusted them and I made changes that would associate better with the book, like um, Nike's scars and stuff. And Eris, um, you know, actually Eris pretty much stayed the same <laughs> in my original sketch because it was just perfect. Um, but, you know, really... They were just in my head. And then once it was like, okay, you have time to do other things. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's make my product. Cause yeah. that's gotta get done. Um, how long was it from like when you had, you had that a lot of time until the exhibition? Oh, do I really want to admit that? I mean, it's good on my part. Cause I got some really great illustrations stands for maybe one or two that I'm, I'm just perfectionistly not happy about right um if you want to reveal that oh it, no i it, will it, okay. it was about maybe the total of a month gotcha um i had sketches of eos uh, pa uh persephone and nike um way ahead of time because i wanted to actually have all the artwork in a specific traditional style 
Mm. Um, but I changed my mind and time allotting. I did it all digitally. Um, but yeah, maybe a month's time total, three weeks. Gotcha. Um, other than the book of angels, was there any specific art that you had in mind? Like that's where you kind of wanted them to be drawn in. Was there anything very specific or is just your own interpretation of what these characters are within this world? And you just kind of just drew exactly what you saw in your head. Well, like I said, I'm, I was never huge into comics, but I it was always a gamer, and I love League of Legends, mm. sponsor. And I really want to work for them, sponsor. Um, or nudge, rather. Um, and they, they take their character design and their character representation really seriously and beautifully. Um, and I, I really, you know, it's almost like going back to that classical art the Greco-Roman where it's like gestalt, like it's perfect. Mm. It, it, you just can't find anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what my current quote unquote mimicry is, is that I, I want to achieve that illustration perfection. And that's where I wanted to go with, um, I consider the, the drawings of the goddesses in, in this graphic novel, the, uh, lady gods, which is like a summary book mm-hmm. of each goddess, like a little biography of them i wanted them to be the splash arts of league of legends um but going through you know persephone um the goddess of the underworld queen of the dead she's forced to marry hades and she's trapped in the underworld for like oh i'm gonna mess up my facts like maybe nine months of the year right um or so maybe three months she's in the months of winter when her uh, mother isn't growing anything okay no spring and stuff um, she's depressed. And I felt that because I actually had her hand drawn and painted that it would actually be better. It was a bleary kind of like washy kind of drawing. It made sense to leave her in that format. She's actually one of the only ones in the, in the graphic novel that I left that way because it just, it made sense to her character. Um, a lot of the other ones like, uh, Eos Hespera Hemera, which I mixed up the order again, I used a lot of lighting techniques in Photoshop because you know, they're the the personifications of the stages of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so the art style, I would say, you know, I'm I'm trying to get that gestalt of illustration that I see in League of Legends splash art, um, and applying it to my characters. Gotcha. Basically, like cover art, mm-hmm. you know, for a comic. Like it's it looks nothing like what's inside the comic. Sometimes it does, which I think is impressive. But it's just like it's this really well refined piece. It's like a showcase piece, yeah, right? Very much. Exactly. Um, before we go any further, you feelings on splash pages in general? Because sometimes a splash page could be there just for the sake of it and just to look cool, and rather and it doesn't progress story. Sometimes your feelings on splash pages, like specifically, do you think like do you say like love them? Or, like, love them and they need to progress the story or anything like that. Splash pages in regards to what? Because I'm talking about splash art, which is um, kind of... I mean, in League of Legends, yeah, it's... I, I hate to say it, but it's almost useless. Right. Like, it's really just a pretty picture. Yeah. Um, But I don't like to see it that way um, for, you know, reasons yeah, I mean, that aren't like, relevant, but... They're saying, like, you're going through a comic and you just turn the page and it's Spider-Gwen... Just on the side of a building, like, and stuff like that. And it's not really doing anything to the story. So, like, she's just climbing, like, the wall or something like that. Within the comic? Within the story? Within the story itself. And it's just a big splash page of this, that. I I freaking love it. 
Okay. I mean, they do it with Batman. You just may not notice. Like, instead, you'll turn the page and it's just this huge explosion and he's flying out of a building. Yeah. It's a two-page splash. But, but it, like, that's a it, story in general. But, like, if he's just standing on, on a gargoyle overlooking Gotham. I usually never see that unless it's, you know, I'm, I am I don't think I've ever witnessed that in comics. Right. As just a page alone that did nothing. Like, usually there's dialogue. or mm-hmm. I mean, me being the artist, I'm not going to mind because it's just a bigger page that I can, like, l- look over. But for the most part, you see those on the covers. Yeah. I mean, like, you, if you look at, say, specific, like, image comics during the day of, like, their heyday of, like, Spawn and everything like that, they were... There was a slight criticism of his like art before story. I mean, and like even Tom McFarlane's admitted that he is an artist, not a storyteller. But so be, then you look at like some of the early Spawn comics; they're beautiful to look at. Some of the story is a little clunky at parts, stuff like that. Um, but now I'm just matching, like you're saying, like cover art. I'm thinking of Batman Zero Year, and it's like with Capullo's writing, it's Batman lying, sitting on a gargoyle with a bow and arrow and stuff like that, and it's like Ivy's growing up the side of the building. I'm like. Yeah, that's really cool. I think Zero Year is probably his best art when he's doing with Snyder and stuff like that. But that's that's me. That but that also could be. I don't Personal want to take preference. It, yeah, I'm also saying like I love the colors in that. I think the inking is done really, really well. So, but like the inking couldn't go anywhere if it wasn't for Capullo's penciling anyway. So, anyway. Yeah, it's the foundation. They just you know, and he di- dictates where the blacks are going. Yes, and where the harsh shadows are. So it's like. Not to you know take away from the anchors like it you know it it does take skill to yes. do certain things but like yeah he he laid the foundation he determined where the value was and where there's value and and shadow determines where you put color and mm-hmm. and everything else. But I just feel bad for some guys who are anchors because they always get the shit end of the stick saying you're just a tracer that's all you're doing and I'm like that's not no, really the case if you really look at it. It is and it isn't like you you know a pencil. You know, depending on the sharpness and stuff, like, yeah, you'll get certain lines. But to do it in ink, there are certain tools you have to use and mm-hmm. certain hand gestures. And inking is probably one of my favorite um, illustration Part. techniques. Gotcha. And, and I remember, like, in Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, it opens up at, at a comic convention. And Jason Lee is the anchor between him and Ben Affleck, the creators of their comic. And a guy's calling him out on it and eventually. And it cuts to Ben Affleck talking to somebody. He hears a scuffle off to the side. And it's Jason Lee choking out the, the fan who's making fun of him. Like, you're a tracer. Your mother's a tracer. Oh, and, and it just gets really violent about it now. Were there any, like, setbacks early on when you were developing this story and developing this project overall? Um, well, any setbacks that would have happened would be if something like this already existed, which, thank God, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if my problem couldn't beat my competitors, um, which, I mean, like I, I'm saying now, you know, Marvel's doing better. Mm-hmm. But I'm also addressing the fact that I'm representing better, mm-hmm. re- representing different females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm creating new. You right. Know, they're still not doing that. Um, I find smaller, not smaller, like they're still pretty big, like publishers, IDW, Image. Um, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. They will make new comics. They'll and, take chances. Yeah, they will. Um, 
whether they go any further, I don't know. But I'll walk into Barnes and Noble and I'll see a graphic novel and I'm like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And I'll go up to it because I'm like, wow, this is some really nice artwork. Because that's usually what draws me in. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in the case of Spawn, like that would be me. I'm not a storyteller. The story happens in my brain. I'll have a dream or I'll just be daydreaming or I'll someone will say something and it'll just spark you know, an idea, but in my head, it's visual. Mm. I'm not a storyteller. It just, it all happens. And I just want to make it right. Um, and if I have to do that with just a single splash art, you know, that's a challenge I would be willing to take. Like, Mm. can I tell a story with just one image Mm. kind of thing? Um, but they will take chances. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I didn't run into a problem with my competitors. Mm. The only other setback was the fact that I had very limited time to make my products. Luckily, all the story was there, but I was making a graphic novel of different mediums because I wanted people to have different ways of understanding the goddesses, the characters, before the books were released. Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't just make four books. I would have died. It takes a lot of time to make a graphic novel, more than people realize. Mm -hmm. So I did a sample book, a teaser of sorts, and I wanted it in different mediums. Just just because I'm a visual person doesn't mean you are. Yeah. You may react better and understand a character better by the writing than the graphics that I'll do on the next page or their splash art. Um, originally, the biggest setback, which I'm still upset about, was that it, each chapter was supposed to start with a splash art of the goddess. The factual history based on the works of Robert Graves. Mm. You turn the page. It's my story, the fic- fiction, mm. um, which was like a little te- – where the teaser was, it's like, you know, and then dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, the next page would be a graphic, maybe a family tree or, or in um, Eris's case, a propaganda poster. Mm. Something that was just a little visual tidbit to be like, oh, okay, she's a supreme leader. Yeah. And then the following page you turn – was supposed to end the chapter with a two-page um, comic sample. And mm. I didn't get to do that because there was just no time. no time. I did my graphic novel at the end. So I basically nixed that whole spread, mm. um, which I'm pretty upset about. But I'm thinking of doing something special, like a, a prelude, maybe like eight-page comic gotcha. um, to release to make up for it. Um, has this project thus far been what you've hoped for? Yeah. Uh, the day of the exposition, ex- English. Exhibition. Exhibition. Mm-hmm. I'm not an exhibition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ex- like we're not ex- exposition here. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about the building and, yes. you know, the exhibition. Um, I got really good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of females were coming up to me and like, Oh my God, this needs to be a thing. And a couple guys too. Um, I got some follows on Facebook and, um, yeah, it was, it was a huge, like, yes, there were a lot of people there, but a lot of people were like, do this, please. And I'm like, thank you for reminding me that I am doing this for other people, not just for a grade and not just to pass college. You're feeling validated at that point. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, I did research. I spoke to 22 people and they said this would maybe be a good idea. Here's what I came up with. And people are coming back and just further proving that it was true. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes a year's worth of work really um, satisfying. Um, and where is this project going to go from now? Now that you're out of college and the project is done, what do you plan to continue with this? And once I'm done binging on video games, um, playing <laughs> magic and sleeping and working to death, um, I do plan on releasing the 
teaser graphic novel um i had mentioned by the end of so school ended in may by the end of the following month so i'm still on timeline mm. it's all made i just got to publish it i have to i finally figured out my uh website troubles um with my hosting i am i do code websites because i love to torture myself seriously like you, like you mentioned the best like i'm a perfectionist and i'm a coder i'm like jesus christ you're gonna you're gonna have gray hair by 30 or something like that you're just gonna give yourself what are you trying to say just gonna give yourself ulcers like being this, uh, this i had ulcers from the amount of coffee i drank during college that's oh, nothing jesus. i'm not used to yeah uh, that was a joke between me and gina i'd be like oh well end of the semester finals time time to give myself extra ulcers i remember one time i pulled an all-nighter writing a paper and i drank like four cans of pepsi wild cherry while writing oh, this so soda's bad for you though yeah no, i mean is... coffee's not that great but soda's bad it takes the pain off of cars yeah and that's why i've given up soda for months now and yeah and just getting in shape is feeling making me feel better about myself yeah anyway. i saw your workout selfie yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, I plan on posting that digitally um so that everyone is it's available to everyone basically i i you know being a graphic designer i have a market uh, strategy and how I'm going to market myself and the venues and stuff. So I have to get a really good online presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll do that. I'll release the A page um, probably before anything. I had planned to have the first book ready by for Kickstarter by August. Mm-hmm. Thanks to my work schedule, um, wedding season is very busy during the summer. So it's going to flip-flop. Yeah, um, it's probably going to be come full circle to a year of when i started the real bulk of the work in january Mm -hmm. um will be kickstarter ready um for the first book in between there i'll do the eight page prelude um i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with it i'll do kickstarter for the first two books depending on the reception hopefully i'll do the second book on kickstarter yes fingers crossed (laughs) and then if uh it kicks off as well as i'm hoping I would love to either get a vendor table or an artist table at uh, New York Comic Con, um, where I'll hope to have the third book ready. Right. Or like pre-orders. Um, For Artist Alley and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, depend, depend, you know, vendors on the main floor, like Mucho, De Niro, yeah. Yeah. We're talking like selling my soul. So I don't know if that'll happen, but mm. uh, I'd like to cross fingers that, you know, Artist Alley will still do me good, not just for like readers and fans, but I also want to hopefully pick up a publisher. Right. I want them to, you know, take off with it. It's a, it's a four book series. So by book two, we're halfway there and I could be like, Hey, listen, the first two books did bang in, pick me up. Mm. Um, but even if it doesn't, um, if it's, if I really see the reception, well, I'm going to continue with Kickstarter, mm. um, have them available, you know, and stuff like that. I say we're halfway there, halfway there, halfway there. Ah, oh, one of my favorite jokes is SpongeBob. Now, I know this is probably, it's always like, people ask me when like, I finish with something, like, oh, what's your next thing you're doing? Do you have other plants outside of this? I've already started them. And yeah. we'll, like, do you want to talk about those or do you want to keep those secret for now? No, they're not a secret at all. I, um... Like I said, I'm a huge video game nerd. So right now on Instagram, I'm posting my progress of a splash art um, skin I'm doing for Callista. Mm-hmm. Not anything actually associated with League of Legends, mm-hmm. but it's something I want to do because I am I do need to apply to jobs. Yes, um, I'm actually looking to apply to Wizards of the Coast, um, which is um, the creators of Magic: The Gathering. Oh, okay. They hire hopefully freelance artists for their artwork, which 
um, I guess I, I'm a sucker for a game company that really, you know, polishes and shows off their artists. Mm. They put the names of their artists on the cards. Oh, really? And um, I, something I wish League of Legends would do is that they would share the artists of their splash arts because they really like they're selling artwork. They mm. commission people and have in-house illustrators who will design and specifically illustrate skins so that league can sell the skins like the shinier their artwork is the more likely people are going to buy them yeah but really it's just like people are buying artwork whether they realize it or not and i really commend league for doing that i want them to share because i've went to comic-con before and i turn the corner and i'm on my list of like who i want to buy prints from and i turn and there's this guy who did the splash art of um oh god the ribbon skin uh why am I arcade riven? Okay. It's pretty pretty new. You may not know it, and that's totally fine. But I was like, oh my god, there's a league artist here. I want to go touch him and say hi. Not like that. <laughs> I'm taken. I just wanted to, you know, whatever. It was Interact just, with it them. was just, you know, they're all on the west coast, so it's like for someone to be on the east coast, I was like flabbergasted. Right. Um. So I'm, you know, I do want to apply to these places. So I do need to, you know, cater them, make mm. stuff for them. So I'm doing that, and then personal, I've always, always, always wanted to make tarot cards. Um, I watched Card Capture Sakura as a kid, you know, <laughs> going back to, you know, um, all that good stuff. So I want to design my own tarot cards, um, and I'm actually doing it based on, you know, not, you know, loosely based on video games. Like, they're futuristic. Like, some characters are, like, uh, based around the Destiny figures, um, Destiny, you know, like... Uh, the creators of Halo and stuff like that. Gotcha. I was going to say, um, like, I was like, I Destiny. Okay. So good. Um, and, and other stuff, you know, um, some Greek mythology, some goddesses and gods that I will not be touching upon in my, my novels. I still want to visually represent them mm -hmm. in a way that I, I have in my mind. And then, um, yeah, those are some things I'm doing. I'm thinking of doing the tarot cards on, like, a, my online store or kickstart or something mm -hmm. um but i'm actually thinking that if i kickstart cards i might do tokens for magic the gathering i follow or well another artist i follow he makes he's a i don't know if he's a full-time illustrator on magic mm -hmm. um but he kickstarted his own token thing and i bought them you know i backed them so essentially i bought the tokens and he's doing it again i'm like hey you i still like your stuff <laughs> so i backed them again um and I, I just, I love it. Like, I love buying people's artworks. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, I won't commission someone to draw something for me. I'm very against that because things pop in my mind all the time. And if I want something, I'm just going to make it myself. Right. But I, I'm a sucker for buying someone else's artwork. Mm -hmm. oh, I'll do it any day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I kind of want to go to Comic-Con, too, and scope out the grounds. Maybe talk to some people. Like... Or you say, like you were saying before, that you may not have a table at this year's Comic-Con. Are you still going to go? Um, yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, as a wedding photographer, weekends are like, just I don't own them anymore. They're, they, they are signed away. My life Hence is... why we do this on a Monday. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hello, Monday. <laughs> um, after work, even. Yes. Um, but I am shooting a wedding on, like, the Friday of Comic-Con, which is, like, usually my go-to day. F it. I'm going to do... I'm going to go like Saturday, gotcha. which is usually the better day, mm. usually the better day for panels too, which I've never done. So I might do that. Mm. Um, I usually just go there and buy a whole bunch of stuff. Like I said, I'm a sucker for buying people's artwork. Um, Are you going to cosplay as anything? Uh, I'm thinking Spider-Gwen, but 
Maybe, maybe not. Um, if I can convince my boyfriend to go, which I don't think will be hard. No, I feel like he'd be. He'd he would be, be down. Like, They've got yeah. video game presents. Which yeah, he, I may be tempted to cosplay as um, Emily from uh, the new coming up Dishonored Two. Oh, mm-hmm. such a good game. Or you know, someone else. I don't know. I'm not a huge cosplay fan. Right. I'll, like, I, like, like I've dressed up as Robin. I yeah. had a T-shirt with a with a cape on it as a female. I'll wear leggings and boots, and I was set. Mm. Um, but I might I might go a little crazy. Yeah, like last year. year, like it was the first time cosplaying, and I and I said like, oh, never cosplay. Let's lose Why would you do that? And then of course, New York Comic Con comes around. My buddy's Alex, like I'm going as Ash from Evil Dead. Do you want to cosplay? I'm like, I'll go with Sean from Sean of the Dead. He's like, yes, and I did, and I ended up being interviewed. For cosplaying, like when did you get into cosplaying? I'm like, well, about a few hours ago when I when I dressed up, <laughs> and I may go like I'm contemplating. There's a few things I could, could go as, but the thing I'm going I'm contemplating right now is going as uh, Jay Garrick, Golden Age Flash, Ooh. and actually having go to a blacksmith on Long Island get the helmet made. Like an actual metal helmet with the wings and everything like that. That'd be cool. And I'm, that's why I'm just like, I look at like a pic, like I look at like the painting like Alex Ross does of Jay Garrick, and I'm like, that's awesome. But I'm like, I, I got to hit yoga a little bit harder. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm a very nice physique right now, so I'm just like, all right, I got, I got to go a little bit harder to do that because I want to be feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. So I'm like, if that, if I don't go as cosplaying, I, I actually bought a custom T-shirt. Of a New York Islander shirt with a bat with Ben Affleck Batman on that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? You know how I feel about that Batman. I'm just saying, like, I enjoyed Ben Affleck's Batman. I think he did a fantastic job. Sorry, Christian Bale, he did a better job. He's more of a Batman than you are. Even if he fucking killed people, I don't care. He kills people? In defense. Batman's killed before. Batman's killed plenty of times. People are, are in such a denial of that. In Dark Knight Returns, which is my, most of this comic is based off of, like, ripping from, he killed people in that. Yeah, I know. I did a speech on it. Yes. But that was his character arc in the movie. What? That From him not to kill. That's what Superman taught him mm. not to kill. Mm-hmm. Ironically, him flying through buildings taught him not yeah, to kill. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. No, because, like... You've like, come full circle. Yeah. The yeah. start of the movie, like... Batman is branding people, and people going to prison with this Batman brand are getting shanked really? for it. And it's like, well, the Dark Knight was pretty, yeah, yeah. The, the government in in the comics, you know, the government sent Superman to stop Batman because yes. he's going too far. Yes. So, and that's what, and like, at the end, he has to br- he has a chance to brand the villain of it, and doesn't he smashes the wall next to him as a warning of what could happen? And like, all right, he learned not to do that because of the situation. So that's why I think his character arc in the movie is a lot of people don't seem to realize that they're just like so pissed off at so many other things. But like, I don't care. Anyway, so that's my backup with my Batman Islander shirt because of New York mm-hmm. Comic Con and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. Don't, don't don't pass judgment on me. I won't. You're you're totally kind doing of. it you, right. Yeah, but you know how I feel about it, so I, I yes. can't help it. But your opinion matters, so maybe. I mean, I can watch it for free. I didn't say that on anything. I mean. Like so. I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray of it because I'm gonna show support. I saw this twice. I saw this in I, I saw this in IMAX and. I was like, I'm gonna. Now nah, I'm passing judgment. I'm like, I'm gonna sit dead center, and then like the IMAX sequence starts, and, and like how loud that movie is, regardless. I'm just like, seat is shaking. I'm like, oh, oh my god, Hans Zimmer. Like Hans Zimmer's like music hitting me in the chest. I'm like, Hans Zimmer does good music though. I, yeah, I will 
commend him, you know, that part of the movie. And like say him and another composer by the name of Junkie XL who did like Mad Max, Fury Road, he did Deadpool and stuff like really? that. And it's funny, he's more known for keyboard kind of bass uh, <laughs> scores than Zimmer known for like heavy drums nowadays. Now nowadays. And there's a part, there's a part, because I bought the soundtrack, and there's part of it, like, there's one part where, like, you hear a keyboard, like, do 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 and then immediately fades out. I'm like, I feel like Hans Zimmer was distracted by something like that, and Junkie was just, like, played a few nuts on the keyboard and just recorded that, and nobody <laughs> noticed or something like that. Like, really? And it's just, unfortunate. Hans Zimmer said he's done doing superhero scores, which I think Aww. kind of the most of that score is okay. It's not great. It's not, like, his, Batman Begins, I think, is still his best superhero score. And... But I'm like, all right, let Junkie take over and let him be it because he's new to doing this and only mm-hmm. done a couple of years, so he'll have fresh takes to it. Hopefully he doesn't get burned out like Hans Zimmer. Anyway, other than Spider-Gwen, is there any other comics that you're currently reading that you would recommend to people? Hmm, mine. Uh, uh, what uh, happens? But a bump. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Well, like I said, I I will get punched for this. I don't necessarily read the comics mm-hmm. all the time. Especially since I, I have a problem with collecting variants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. My buddy Renee does the same thing. Oh, and I love it, them. It, it Especially is. the Spider-Gwen ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope that was good in your ear. I apologize. Um, <laughs> let's see. Spider-Gwen. Hmm. Spider-Gwen. And Spider-Gwen. And a pizza. Um, a chicken. Uh, no, no, Patrick, no, 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 what you just morning. had today. A pizza, a roast beef, roast a beef. chicken, a pizza. Oh god, I'm sitting in a room with a false fan. I hate SpongeBob. What? I could quote it like the devil, but I, I hate it. It's ha- mind numbing. Just... <laughs> See, I melted your mind by saying SpongeBob. No, I, I'm just curious your hatred for it. Um, I mean, I watched it as a kid. Yeah. So it's like you know, oh SpongeBob. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, this is like stupid like, oh no it is totally yeah it's it's you know it's like south park and family guy and all that stuff like of course it's like funny and it's while you're watching it but then yes. when you step outside the box you're like oh my god it is, it is really dumb yeah. I, I admit that which is you know it's just really just me boycotting it but then you know you'll catch me quoting it for 20 out of the 24 hours of my day right gina if you ever watch watch this, listen to this. I was going to um, say, like, figure watch. out the format before you finish that yeah, sentence. Yeah, whatever. I, whatever. Um, um, other than Spider-Gwen, I mean, I like Teen Titans when they finally stop rebooting it. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to get into Starfire seeing that she is modestly dressed now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm trying to picture what's on my shelf right now, and I, I can't... Besides, because I, I, I just bought this really shiny new Art Nouveau mm. Spider-Gwen variant, which is smack dab in the middle of my shelf, all nice and shiny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Teen Titans. I tried the We Are Robin. Um, I really just liked it for the artwork. Mm. I'm not a fan of what DC's doing right now. The what is a rebirth? Yeah. Tim Drake as uh, Batman Beyond. I'm sorry. Right. What? What? Mm. No, come no. No, no, wait, no, okay, bye. I bet you um, in five years there's going to be hipsters like, you know what, the New 52 is better than the main continuity. There's, there's going to be no I didn't respect. have a problem with the New 52 because that's where I was introduced. Yeah, I have no problem. Like, yesterday, I'm waiting for my friend to show up as we're discussing my next short film. I have Justice League number one, like their first trade paperback of it because I'll read anything Jeff Johns writes just like I'll read anything it's Scott Snyder writes or Grant Morrison or whoever. So I'm like, I'll read a little bit before he gets here. I read it cover to cover before he got there. And I'm like, and I immediately went to Amazon, bought the second one. I'm like, 
huh. Okay. <laughs> I may have a problem. And that's when he showed him, like, oh, thank God. I, I didn't buy anything <laughs> else. It's on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So New 52, I don't have a problem with, like, I'm reading Kyle Higgins' run on uh, Nightwing and stuff like that. And I, I enjoy it. Is It'll have its day. It'll pass. We'll move on. Just like every other yeah. thing that it's... happened in comics for the past 75 years. Yeah. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about a New 52 and Rebirth, Tim Drake stepping away from Teen Titans and, um, oh, Damian Wayne stepping mm. in. They just did that uh, Teen Titans versus Justice League, which I recommended to you. I don't know if you started watching it yet. No, because like a friend of mine, like work, whose opinion I don't really take too much because he's a Marvel mm. fanboy. He, like, Told you not to watch it? Yeah. No, no, he he was really disappointed with it, but I'm like, if Kevin Feige and Robert Downey Jr. said like you're gonna you're gonna do this to us, and he'd be like, yeah, I do that, like, and let your mind go into dark places and like that, like he'd be willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I take his I take his opinion uh, anything DC with a pound of salt. Gotcha. Okay, because I mean, I it's complete disappointment. It is like okay. Yeah, anything, but that's because I'm, you know, I grew up watching Teen Titans, and I like Tim Drake as mm. the leader of Tim, Teen Titans. Um, but, but it would make sense for Damian Wayne to join the Titans, though. Only because of the rebirth. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't. it Because Starfire is the leader of Teen Titans in this. Mm. And they kind of, like, make little passes, like Dick Grayson will pop, you know, Nightwing will pop up on the screen, and they're like, hey, how you doing? You right. know, like, which wasn't even, like, it was a part of Teen Titans. But was that? But in the comics, it was like they were about to get married. So it's mm-hmm. like they're making little passes. So it's like, in in all honesty, it's completely different. But they very intentionally put things in there that. Fans. Like, not even like the original Teen Titans. Like, the old comics. Like, way before New 52. Mm-hmm. That they would pick up on. And um, that's what is coming full circle. I want to see if they have a Raven comic. Because I really, really, even in like Teen Titans show, I love Raven. Mm. She's really cool, dark and you know, like imperfect. She's yeah. got a troubled past and stuff. And I really, really, really want to get into that. Okay, if they have it. <laughs> now, if you want people to follow you on social media and your product that you're making on social media, where can they find it? So I have a Facebook. It's Elysian Mythos. How do you can you spell that? I will. I will. It's E L. Y S I A N Mythos. Yeah, M Y T H O S. Yeah, I, I was um, expecting to spell that, but like, okay. Yeah, well, just in case. Okay. You know. Um, so that's at Facebook. Um, I also have, I don't have an Elysian Mythos Instagram. I just use my normal Instagram as the illustrator, um, which I gave before at J D I C H. D as in David. Um, yeah. You have a Legion Twitter though, right? I do. I do have an Elysian Mythos Twitter, which is the same exact thing. You're following it. Mm. Um, E-L-Y-S-I-A-N underscore Mythos. Gotcha. Um, which I have to get back to posting again, <laughs> but I've been binging in video games. So, um, and I have a website. Uh, right now it's pretty much just thrown together. Mm. I wouldn't say thrown together. It's, it's basically like a mini sample of the sampler book. Right. Graphic novel. Um, and it's the same thing, ElysianMythos.com. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and people can check stuff out there. The website's probably going to be where I'm posting um, the free digital graphic novel mm-hmm. um, and the eight-pager, okay. which will be shared to social media and, and whatnot. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've got. 
Cool. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney 2 because some bastard had Timothy Rooney and Timothy Rooney 1. So, yeah. There's somebody out there that has That's prime real estate right there. I'm going to get verified as Tim Rooney 2, Timothy Rooney 2, that's for sure. Uh, you can follow my Instagram, trooney1012. My Facebook and YouTube page, both Through the Lens Productions. Not like you threw something, but you went through a doorway or something like that. You can check out my latest short film, A Cowardly Lot, is up. As well as there's a 60-second uh, short film coming hopefully within the next week or so. And then I got two big projects coming throughout the rest of the uh, summer. One called Dead Love, which is a horror comedy. Another, and there's a horror adaptation I'm doing in July. But that'll probably be released in August. But I'll keep you up to date with how that is going. So, Juliana, I want to thank you again for taking part of this podcast. Thank you, Tim, for having me. No problem. Hope to have you on again soon for more geek and pop culture. Yeah, we'll start smashing batman versus superman or something yeah no yeah that that Again, that that, or, you know, that conversation will probably never die i, I yeah. assume it's probably gonna continue as soon as we stop recording yep but anyway i hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast on elysian mythos and women in comic books in general and i hope everybody's enjoyed the content that's been provided here and everybody t- like uh this uh page uh Anything goes on SoundCloud.com. I hope everybody's enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon about more geek and pop culture. Bye. Bye. <laughs>